This piece, A Virulent Vaccine, is the latest in the Versus Versus Empire book series, and it brings together in one place much of the analysis of other recent pieces. I originally recorded a video, so the sound quality is not the usual standard, but should be clear enough. If you want to watch the video with its various exhibits, go to geni.us slash vaccines, and the book series is at geni.us slash POTUS. I want to vaccinate you, not against COVID, but against lies. I want to inoculate you against the conditioning that's happening on a massive scale. I'm going to look at the vaccines that have been developed in response to COVID through five lenses, safety, efficacy, constitutionality, morality, and logic. And plot spoiler, in all five of these areas, the vaccines fail spectacularly. And I'm going to start with constitutionality because both the UK and US governments, and I dare say others, have been falling over themselves, not only to fast track the likes of Pfizer and Moderna to bring their vaccines, but also to give them legal immunity from prosecution so that anyone harmed by a vaccine, according to these governments, does not have the right to sue the companies who produced it, nor in the US to sue the Food and Drug Administration that authorized it, nor to sue any employer who mandates inoculation as a condition of employment. All this is not only a violation of the Hippocratic Oath of do no harm, but also of Magna Carta, our foundational constitutional document. And the relevant sentence of Magna Carta is from paragraph 40, quote, to no one will we sell, to no one will we refuse or delay right or justice, unquote. So by refusing rights, by refusing justice, by rigging the judicial system in favor of pharmaceutical companies, these governments are violating a bedrock constitutional principle that has been there to guide us for over 800 years. So why has Big Pharma received this sweetheart deal, this get out of jail free card? Is the legal system not already biased enough in favor of the wealthy and powerful that governments should tip the scales even further? And what about the financial system? The research and development for these vaccines was publicly funded. So the pharmaceutical companies are taking publicly funded research, turning it into private property and selling it back to the governments at profit, thus enriching themselves, their CEOs and their shareholders. So we're seeing yet another wealth transfer from poor to rich. So I ask again, is our financial system not already biased enough in favor of the rich and powerful that governments should tip the scales even further? So right at the outset, through the lenses of both constitutionality and morality, these vaccines fail. But the core of my message is to talk about efficacy. And I'm gonna set this in the context, and I've been saying this about COVID all along, that it is our champion pathogen. 
When COVID first made its presence felt in the West in early 2020, we saw awakenings of a new and better world. The skies and waterways cleared. Oil prices plummeted, even going negative at one point because the oil producers had to pay people to take the oil off their hands, which is an indication of the kind of world I would love to live in. The homeless were housed, prisoners were set free, even the mainstream media were talking about universal basic income. The UN Secretary General called for a global ceasefire to end the sickness of war. And even the World Bank called on G20 leaders to offer debt relief to the world's poorest countries. So COVID immediately made its presence felt as a social reformer and signaled it is here to set us free from the structures of exploitation and enslavement that have been oppressing the planet and its peoples and its species. And there's precedent for this role of plague as a social reformer, most famously with Moses when he came to Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, insisting that Pharaoh set the Israelites free from slavery. And when one plague failed to convince Pharaoh, Moses sent another and another and another until finally his fellow Israelites were set free from slavery, abolition was achieved, and the leader died, drowned in the Red Sea by his own hubris. And Covid's demands are simple, the kind of thing that Christ was talking about in the New Testament, to feed the hungry, house the homeless, clothe the naked, set prisoners free. But vaccines are an attempt to dodge these reforms they are an attempt to restore business as usual, and COVID will not permit business as usual. Business as usual is over, and thank God for that. So you may know the story in the book of Exodus where Moses and his brother Aaron show up at Pharaoh's court to demand this abolition. And the first thing that Aaron does to demonstrate the power of God is to throw down his staff, which turns into a snake. Similarly, COVID, though it may at first appear venomous and viperous and scary, it is here to signal liberation, abolition. It is our champion pathogen. Also, if you know the story from Exodus, after Aaron throws down his staff and it turns into a snake, Pharaoh's conjurers throw down their staffs, which turn into snakes. But Aaron's snake consumes their snakes. And that is the power dynamic that is now playing out between COVID and the vaccines. After this scary creature appears, Pharaoh's system responds with a conjuring trick of mimicry, producing these puny snakes, just as today's system of enslavement is producing the vaccines. Do you think they stand a chance against the champion pathogen? I've been watching with a mixture of fascination and revulsion these videos of snake battles on YouTube. And there's one in particular in which a Texas indigo snake, which is not even a venomous variety, comes across a rattlesnake and in the parlance of YouTube owns the rattlesnake. It bites it, kills it, drags it off into the bushes and presumably eats it. That's an indication of how easily COVID wins this. 
And that could be because COVID mutates, as viruses do, as indeed COVID already has done, or simply because the vaccines collapse under their own weight. For example, the Pfizer vaccine has to be maintained at minus 70 degrees Celsius, which means it's carrying around this enormously expensive and unwieldy infrastructure wherever it goes. And in calling COVID our champion pathogen, I'm not just relying on the Moses precedence. I'm also looking at the structure of COVID. You've probably seen the magnified images of a bright central sphere surrounded by dark goads. And this virus is goading humanity, but it is the halo structure, the bright spherical halo structure behind those goads that seems of a higher divine purpose. Also, as a social reformer, COVID has a power beyond anything that petitions or protests or polls could dream of. Petitions can be ignored, processes can be tased, tear gassed and tortured, and elections are usually negated by corporate lobbyists. But COVID cannot be touched by any of these defense mechanisms of the system. And that's why COVID is a perfect activist. It is our champion pathogen. So to recap, I've looked at vaccines through the lenses of constitutionality, morality, and efficacy. Fail, fail, fail. But what about logic? Because shocking as it is that governments are giving legal immunity to pharmaceutical companies it was signalled a few months ago in September 2020, and that was when the UK government issued a so-called consultation document called Changes to Human Medicine Regulations to Support the Rollout of COVID-19 Vaccines. And the main change proposed for those human medicine regulations was to confer this legal immunity, not just on pharmaceutical companies, but everyone else involved in the supply chain. I only saw this document a few days before the deadline to respond. And because of the absurd haste imposed, most people didn't even know of its existence, let alone get time to respond. Most people still don't know of its existence. And as you might expect for documents written by government bureaucrats or corporate lobbyists, it's rambling, repetitive, incoherent and dull but it is also an Orwellian blueprint. And if you haven't read 1984 by George Orwell, I strongly recommend that you do. It's a prophetic novel. And prophecy is not just seeing into the future. Prophecy can be seeing into the present. Prophecy can be seeing the obvious and stating the obvious in a society where the general population is conditioned, whether by government, media, corporations, religion, or whatever, not to see the obvious, to ignore the obvious, to overlook the obvious, pretend they don't see it, not even acknowledge it to themselves, and even if they do see the obvious, to keep quiet about it. In addition to being badly written and Orwellian, this so-called consultation document is also breathtakingly monumentally stupid and ignorant. And it's written by people who apparently have never read a history book in their lives. And I want to focus on two foundational assumptions that this document makes 
because they illustrate the rottenness at its heart, the sick poison from which its lies are constructed. Each statement is a single sentence, and I'm going to say each of these sentences, and then I'm going to pause for 10 seconds after each one to give you time to consider on its face the veracity or otherwise of the assumption. So the first one is, quote, COVID-19 is the biggest threat this country has faced in peacetime history, unquote. 10 seconds. So, is COVID a greater threat than the Black Death that swept through Europe in the 14th century and wiped out between a third and a half of the population? Is COVID a worse threat than the Spanish flu that gripped the world over a hundred years ago? Is COVID a greater threat than the plague that gripped London prior to the Great Fire of London in 1666? Is COVID a greater threat than climate change? Is COVID a greater threat than nuclear weapons or nuclear power? Is COVID a greater threat than poverty or hunger or homelessness or injustice or pollution, resource theft or any of the other ills that are now ravaging the planet? And here's the second foundational assumption, quote, Effective COVID-19 vaccines will be the best way to deal with the pandemic. Unquote. 10 seconds. So bear in mind, this paper was released in September 2020. So it's making a claim for a hypothetical vaccine with no proven efficacy, no data, no track record whatsoever. It also said these proposed changes to human medicine regulations must be rushed through in time for the coming winter. How did they know in September 2020 that this vaccine was going to magically appear in a few months, that they were going to pull this rabbit from the hat when the normal development time for a vaccine is several years? Was it a schedule determined by science? Or was it a schedule determined by financial expediency? I wrote my response to this D-minus schoolboy essay produced by the government, and in spite of the haste, took every care to make sure that what I wrote was coherent and well-informed. But the government didn't even do me the courtesy to respond. They just went ahead and did what they planned all along. And so on that basis, we can expect that they will try to implement the other provisions of that document that they planned all along. And there are two that I need to warn you about. First, they intend to use an expanded workforce to administer the vaccines so that the people authorized to give injections don't have to be doctors, don't have to be nurses, don't have to be any kind of registered healthcare professional. They can be government contractors and, as the document specifies, members of the armed forces. 
I shouted expletives when I came to that part because people who are trained to kill, people who are trained to coerce, will be authorized to inject experimental vaccines. They have become the Borg. And that's a Star Trek reference because the Borg are aliens who go around injecting bioengineered materials into their victims in order to turn them into other Borg, and they call it assimilation. The other provision I want to warn you about in that document is paving the way for vaccine promotion and advertising. So you can expect, and indeed it's already begun, images of smiling families, relaxing music, soothing messages, testimony from people who say they've, they've had the vaccine and how grateful they are, messages from doctors and scientists on the payroll telling you to be afraid of COVID, that vaccines are safe, that vaccines are the answer, they're our salvation, they're going to save the world. I was listening recently to a BBC podcast about the Portuguese poet Fernando Pessoa. Nothing to do with COVID, nothing to do with vaccines, but the BBC intruded at the end of the podcast to promote another BBC series entitled How to Vaccinate the World. And it's presented by one Tim Harford who says, quote, This is how the pandemic ends, not with a bang, but with a shot, or rather, billions of shots. In a new podcast series from the BBC, we'll be covering the defining story of the crisis, the search for a vaccine, unquote. Really? Vaccines are the defining story of the crisis? Not that COVID is exposing the structures of exploitation and enslavement and injustice in our world? Not that COVID is housing the homeless or setting prisoners free or shutting down fossil fuel production? They think vaccines are the defining story of the crisis? And then he goes on, quote, And of course, there are other questions how will we persuade people to take the vaccine? Unquote. Uh, by planting propaganda messages in BBC podcasts, perhaps? And finally, and who gets to go to the front of the queue of several billion people? So they're trying to convey the idea that getting vaccinated is a privilege and you should feel lucky and grateful to be at the front of the queue. And consider the title of this series, How to Vaccinate the World. Not how to feed the world, clothe the world, house the world, heal the world, free the world, or clean the world. No, how to vaccinate the world. So now we know the BBC is enlisted in the government's propaganda campaign. And I hate to say this because I love the BBC. They do some really good work, but it has become a corporate shill. And that's just one example of many where this kind of infiltration is already going on. And of course, a key component of propaganda has always been to play the patriotism card, equating compliance with patriotism. So the UK Health Minister, Matt Hancock, said in Parliament, people do not need to apply for the vaccine. The NHS will get in touch at the appropriate time. And when that time comes, we have one clear request. Please step forward for your country. 
unquote. He also calls COVID our common enemy, much as the CEO of Pfizer calls vaccines a tool in your war against the pandemic. And that's another trait of the system, that it wants to frame the response to COVID in the language of war. Words like fight, enemy, battle, victory, defeat, etc. But this isn't a war. This isn't a war. It's a dance. And COVID is leading it. COVID is calling the tunes and COVID will decide when the music stops. And of course, the system and its proponents perceive COVID as an enemy, just as Pharaoh would have perceived the plagues of Egypt as the enemy, when in fact they were the instruments of abolition. If the system, with its vaccines, wants to make it a war against the virus, then, like the snakes of Pharaoh, like the rattlesnake consumed by the indigo snake, they are easily defeated. And what's going to happen with that defeat? Hancock is telling people to step forward for your country. It's a kind of language the British government used in recruiting young men for the First World War. And when they failed to make progress in that war, they used increasingly coercive tactics to send more men into the meat grinder, including publicly shaming the ones who didn't sign up, and in the end, resorted to outright conscription. So we can expect the politicians and the CEOs, instead of taking responsibility and owning their failure, to blame and shame and discriminate against the unvaccinated. They're going to say, you're the reason we still have COVID. They're going to try restricting movement, restricting financial access, creating an underclass of social outcasts, in short, an apartheid of the unvaccinated. So again, constitutionality, morality, efficacy, and now logic, fail, 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 fail. The final lens for looking at the vaccines is safety. And I'm only going to touch on this Unless you think this is conspiracy theory, I'm only going to quote official sources. So you may recall that several months ago, before Pfizer was in the limelight, there was a lot of hype about a vaccine being developed by AstraZeneca. And AstraZeneca's vaccine trial was paused, although for some reason it was only paused for a few days, because it produced, and here I'm quoting the company's own statement, quote, Severe neurological symptoms consistent with transverse myelitis or inflammation of the spinal cord, unquote. Also, the consultation document I've been telling you about admitted the possibility of vaccines causing anaphylactic shock. And the US FDA reported eight cases of Bell's palsy produced by the Pfizer and Moderna trials. Bell's palsy causes half of your face to droop. So these official sources alone, admitting to inflammation of the spinal cord, admitting to anaphylactic shock, admitting to Bell's palsy, demonstrate that these vaccines can and do harm and even mutilate 
And those risks can only be increased when a vaccine uses new technology that modifies genetic material, is rushed to market, is profit motivated, requires super refrigeration, and on top of all that, is shielded with legal immunity. I've heard testimony from many doctors warning about this dangerous path being pursued by the medical industrial complex, but I'm just going to quote one doctor now because I love what he says. This is Dr. Thomas Cohen, based in the US, quote, Health does not come from the injection of toxins into our bodies, but rather from deciding what it means to be human and pursuing that with all your heart, unquote. Another question about Pfizer's red carpet treatment. Why did AstraZeneca, which offers its vaccines at cost and at room temperature, get leapfrogged by Pfizer, which brings its vaccine at profit and with extreme refrigeration? Now, AstraZeneca were dishonest. They didn't let the public know their trial had produced inflammation of the spinal cord. They only told shareholders and the information got out. But even that, dishonest as it was, was still too honest to get preferment in this arena where Pfizer has been favoured. These pharmaceutical companies are like people queuing up to get into a nightclub. What do you do when you want to get to the front of the queue and get inside a nightclub? You bribe the bouncer. So my question is, whom did Pfizer bribe to get this? I recently read an amazing novel set in the time of the great Old Testament prophet Elijah. It's called The Lamp of Darkness by Dave Mason. And in it, he says, quote, The Holy One always creates the remedy before bringing the malady. Unquote. I'll say that again. The Holy One always creates the remedy before bringing the malady. So there is already a remedy out there. And I don't mean some other pharmaceutical product. I don't mean some other drug, because the solution to pharmaceutical domination is not another pharmaceutical product. It's going to be something simple, easy, cheap, effective, maybe even something you can grow in a flower pot in your kitchen. But what's going to happen to the person who discovers it? The governments and pharmaceutical companies are so invested in the vaccine model by now that they will have to shut down any competing message because suppressing the truth is their business model. If they do not suppress the truth, there will not be any profit and they are built and maintained on profit. So, all five lenses, safety, efficacy, constitutionality, morality, logic, fail, 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 fail. Now notice through all of this, I have not made one statement in favour or against any political candidate or party, because our struggle is not of one political party against another. It is to overthrow the system that is oppressing all of us. Nor are we a divided and polarised society, as many would have you believe, as the system with its social media manipulations wants you to believe, 
That's an illusion. It's manufactured to keep us from uniting against it. We are united in our opposition to this system. I don't care what side of which political aisle you think you're on. This is what unites us. It is in our human nature to hate totalitarian government, to hate injustice, to hate the obvious unfairness of rigging the legal system and financial system and giving preferential treatment to the powerful and wealthy. And it is in our nature to love human rights, to uphold the golden rule of treating others as we want to be treated, as loving others as you love yourself. And it is in our nature to want and to assert sovereignty over our own bodies. So this is not a horizontal contest between competing political parties or of so-called left-wing against so-called right-wing. This is happening in the vertical plane of life over death, creation over destruction. Here, COVID is a social reformer. It is coercing governments and leaders to feed the hungry, house the homeless, heal the sick, set prisoners free, destroy the weapons of war and coercion to heal and restore the earth and to stop funding and subsidizing fossil fuel production and pollution. And COVID will enforce the downfall, as Moses did to Pharaoh, of leaders who resist. These vaccines have been conceived and developed in the very profit-seeking mindset that COVID is here to overthrow. And they will fare no better than Pharaoh's snakes did against Aaron's. The best that the vaccines can achieve is to give false hope, stretching out business as usual and delaying reform just a little bit longer, distracting us from the true message of COVID, and wasting huge amounts of time, money, effort, and resources in the process. Ultimately, they are defeated. They are owned. Thank you. If you'd like to look further into all this, I have a book about to launch on Amazon on February the 5th, 2021. It's called The Covid Prophecies. And you can find it at geni.us slash covidbook.